This episode of the 501st cast is dedicated to Heidi Nicole Peterson, TI-1938 from Old Line Garrison, who passed away unexpectedly on April 10th. She was a longtime member of our costuming community and well-known for her creativity, generosity, and compassion. Those wishing to honor her memory may send donations to the Baltimore County Animal Shelter. It is with great pride that we now enter Heidi's name into the 501st Legion's Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome to the 501st cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. Vader's Fist? Vader's Fist? Why does Vader get a fist? He lost me the Death Star. He failed to turn young Skywalker. Honestly, he's getting too big for his own good. Well, nevertheless... Uh, this is episode 81 for April 2014, and I am not your host. In fact, I'm not even sure what I'm doing here. So, I'll turn it over to the usual crew. Uh, carry on. Good job and all that. Vader's fist. Uh, I'm your host, Scott, SL9854. This is Nikki, DZ8397, and what, is Palpatine from, like, New Jersey? I think I think that's it. Okay. That must be it. He was visiting Jersey, and he came on the show just to give the intro. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, and then we have Ed returning for this episode. So thanks, Ed. Thanks for coming. How's it back. going? Thanks for having me. All right. Well, the 501st Legion is currently sitting at 6,578 members, with 11,323 approved costumes in the Legion. In this episode, we have Boba Fett riding an ATV on ice, a heads-up about an exciting concert in Detroit, special interviews with Alvin Johnson and Alan Ladd Jr., and even a brief encounter with Darth Pooh. So stay tuned. Recent news. Well, we have a bit of a disappointing news to start off with, unfortunately. If you've been following the This Is Madness bracket contest on our and the official Star Wars Facebook pages, you'll know that we once again lost to the light side of the Force. Somehow, Obi-Wan Kenobi beat Darth Vader in the final bracket. No! What? What do you mean he lost? It's impossible. Where is Vic? Get him on the phone. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. we will certainly have to redouble our efforts for next year. This is just depressing. I mean, Yoda last year was bad enough, but... It's not even possible that the dark side loses twice in a row. <sighs> yeah, I know. No, well, but... at least it was pretty close. Yeah, well... <laughs> but... Yeah, well, close is only good in uh, thermal detonators, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, thanks to all of our members who provided photos for the voting graphics. We hope that our fans enjoyed seeing them instead of just the standard stock character photos. We tried to get 
photos of our actual members, you know, for each of the bracket divisions. And we had to get a whole bunch of different uh, Vader poses. So so that was fun to, to feature our members for that part of it. You, yeah, and there were some great photos out there, too. Yep. Uh, Variety is a children's charity dedicated to promoting and protecting the health and well-being of children around the world. As part of their 24th annual Gold Heart Pin campaign, they received permission from Lucasfilm to produce two heart-shaped pins, one featuring Darth Vader and one featuring Yoda. And the sale of these pins ends this month. We'll have a link in our show notes so you can purchase your own set either online or at select movie theaters and help support Variety. There's also a couple of really exciting books coming out at the end of the year. So kudos to Club Jade for having the keen eye that noticed that Becker and Meyer has released their catalog, which features a book by Brandon Allinger, Star Wars Costumes, the Original Trilogy. It's available for pre-order through Amazon, but doesn't come out until October 28th. Another release that's of extreme interest to us is Daniel Wallace's Imperial Handbook, A Commander's Guide, with illustrations by Chris Trevis and Chris Reef. Similar to the mechanized case releases for A Jedi Path uh, and Book of the Sith, this case will feature lights and sound. There are a bunch of other Star Wars books in the catalog, so check it out via the link in our show notes. Yeah, so that should be pretty cool. Well, anything with lights and sounds is cool, really. <laughs> yeah, and the the costuming book, I don't think it's going to be quite as fancy as the Dressing the Galaxy book that a lot of us have used, you know, that came with the, the fabric samples and everything. I don't think it's going to be quite like that. Um, but it is supposed to have, you know, uh, original sketches and, like, artwork by Ralph McQuarrie and, and that sort of stuff. So should still be very cool. Yeah, definitely something that collectors will want. Mm-hmm. And uh, since we sort of opened this segment with depressing news with the This Is Madness, we thought we'd close it with um, a section of a reading from a movie that's well known to us all. Word of this gets out, it could generate sympathy for the rebellion in the Senate. <laughs> I have traced one of those spies to her. Now she is my only link to find us. And yes, that was Pooh as Darth Vader and Darkwing Duck as General Tarkin, both voiced by the talented Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings, what does he know anyway? Vader Pooh. That's all I heard in that whole sentence was Vader Pooh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) This is Al Ladd Jr. and you're listening to the 501st cast. Mission reports. Our Singapore garrison kicked off the Legion New Year on March 1st with a brief troop at a shopping mall in the heart of downtown Singapore, with a live orchestra playing John Williams' Imperial March. This was part of a series of free public concerts by the Singapore Symphony Orchestra and its related Singapore Symphony Children's Choir. The concert started with a flash mob-style rendition of Ravel's Bolero, followed by other orchestral pieces, and culminating in the Imperial March for which the conductor donned a Jedi robe, but used a red Vader lightsaber chopstick to conduct the Imperial March. 
During the switchover to the children's choir, the troopers assisted the MC in selecting kids in the audience to answer quiz questions and also to give out prizes. Some kids got prizes simply for blurting out Star Wars, regardless of the questions. We'll have a link to photos and a video on the Singapore Garrison's Facebook page. Thanks to Dominic, TR7248, for that report. The choir mistress was surprised to meet the garrison commanding officer, the, offen- the aforementioned Dominic, who was one of her choir boys from long before any of the children's choir were born. Small world, huh? <laughs> How funny is that? Well, on March 8th, 53 members from the Great Lakes Garrison and Great Lakes Base, along with 17 squires, or what we call non-costume support personnel, descended on Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids, Michigan, for the annual Grand Rapids Griffins Star Wars Night. The Griffins are a minor league hockey team that has hosted Star Wars Night for the past eight years and raises money for the Griffins Youth Foundation. And the Griffins Youth Foundation was established in 1995 and promotes academic excellence, community involvement, and healthy lifestyles among the youth of West Michigan. It also enhances their lives through hockey and ice-related sports. This year, the Griffins Youth Foundation raised $7,100, the most raised at a Star Wars Night to date. So, awesomely done. The near-capacity crowd was treated to Star Wars characters walking the concourse and posing for pictures. The activities also included a Millennium Falcon picture backdrop, uh, R2-D2, the Mumford, uh, excuse me, and Mumford the Tauntaun that was allegedly rescued from the Rebels by the local members of Blizzard Force Detachment. The fans were also treated to Darth Vader dropping the puck, flanked by a Stormtrooper, Boba Fett, and Princess Leia. And if that weren't enough, Boba Fett also took a ride on the ice with Griff, the Griffin's mascot, on his ATV. Word on the street is that Fett may be in negotiations to purchase Griff's ATV or exchange it for Slave One. We'll just see how that goes. The first intermission activities included our members cheering on contestants during the musical chairs segment and the hot and cold game, which involved blindfolded contestants having to walk to a certain target on the ice. The fans cheered hot or cold, depending on where the contestant was walking, to kind of get them in the right direction. The second intermission activity was a good old-fashioned game of broomball. The Great Lakes Garrison's Blizzard Force Snowtroopers took on the Rebels for this game. It was a grueling close match, but Blizzard Force once again proved to the Rebels who are the dominant force on the ice. The game ended 3-2. to two. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes, and thanks to Kevin, DZ52105, for that report. Yeah, I know. I definitely wouldn't have wanted to have been a contestant, much less a blindfolded contestant walking on the ice. I, I've i had right. enough trouble just walking on the ice, much less trying to walk to a certain target blindfolded. Unless they cut a little hole in it and then they play a game with you. Cold! <laughs> Cold! <laughs> Well, on March 15th, two Georgia Garrison members, along with Old Ben from the Rebel Legion, were deployed to the Heroes for Heroes 5K walk run to benefit Operation Saving Jake. And walk they did. The troops completed the mission through Fortist and Dagobah-like swamp territory in 42 minutes and 58 seconds. So well done, troopers. Operation Saving Jake is a nonprofit funded in loving memory of a fallen service member, Jake. It is fully and passionately committed to improving the lives of homeless shelter dogs and disabled U.S. veterans. This is done by rescuing suitable and thoroughly temperament-tested shelter dogs. After 9 to 18 months of extensive training, the dog is permanently placed with a veteran in need of PTSD and or mobility assistance in their daily life. 
A service dog provides an improved quality of life and increased independence. You can learn more about this organization at savingjake.org. And we'll have a link to a picture from this event in our show notes. Thanks to Troy, TK3104, for that report. And Imperial forces from Carolina Garrison invaded the Gastonia, Texas Roadhouse on March 25th for the second annual Kids' Night. All of the restaurant patrons and staff were excited to see our troopers. Many of the children dressed in Star Wars costumes and apparel for the occasion. The restaurant was packed to capacity, and it tested our members' navigational abilities to mingle while also not being underfoot of the wait staff. There were tons of photo ops, both for our members' amusement as well as the patrons, lots of smiling faces, and even some line dancing. For only a two-hour troop, it was certainly as much fun as an all-day event. You can check out all the photos at the link in our show notes, and thanks to Derek, TI2606, for that report. And Garrison Titan just raised $11,049 in donations for Children's Therapy Center at the Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, Washington. They offered several different backdrops for fans, and they took in donations for photos where the fans could get a professional photo taken, as well as, of course, taking as many photos as they might like with their own cameras. Um, Both the Garrison Titan and their local Rebel Legion counterparts, Alpha Base, partook in the uh, uh, fundraisers. They also offered up a Blast a Trooper event. But instead of me telling you all about it, why don't we hear from Garrison XO Matthew, TK59059, himself. So recently I had a chance, uh, or I heard about uh, a great charity event fundraiser that was done by Garrison Titan, and I have uh, Matthew, TK59090, on the line with me right now to just fill us in a little bit more about this fundraising event and exactly uh, what happened to make uh, this great amount of money. So welcome, Matthew. Hi, thanks. So we just finished Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, which is pretty much the biggest con that Seattle experiences in a year and by far our biggest event in Garrison Titan. And we've normally done something like a charity photo booth, but we wanted to step it up this year. And so we created what we call the 501st Legion Experience with a photo booth encompassing three different movie sets. And then we also added Blast Trooper for our very first time ever. For the movie sets, we made a uh, garbage compactor with the big bracing pole and all of the uh, bits of junk inside and a Dianoga. And then we had a cantina booth with Greedo sitting at the table where people could sit opposite of Greedo and pull the Han Solo maneuver. And finally, we had a Cloud City uh, carbon freeze chamber with uh, the uh, full-size on frozen in carbonite that people could stand next to. We had uh, characters in all of them, uh, only sometimes in the in the uh, garbage masher, sometimes not. Uh, obviously didn't need anybody in with Greedo, um, but we had TKs and Vader and all manner of different characters rotating in and out at the Cloud City set, likewise with uh, Blast Trooper. And it was all to benefit Children's Therapy Center uh, which is the uh, Northwest charity here that we've worked with for quite a few years. Uh, they have clinics in the uh, Seattle area and in Tacoma. And we had a fantastic turnout for the con. We had people visiting from Kashyyyk Base and Cloud City Garrison in Portland, as well as 
Badlands Garrison and Outer Rim Squad in Canada and even had people coming from, I believe, Canada and even the garrison in Indiana came out. And so wow. we just had a tremendous turnout, over 100 troopers uh, for the three-day event. And when all was said and done, we had raised over $11,000 for Children's Therapy Center, which was uh, just a, a huge leap and bound forward from our take last year, which was $7,000 for the charity, 7300 And... Uh, they, they're just thrilled to have us. In fact, we have volunteers from the charity that uh, come out each year to help us with crowd control and, and working the lines and collecting the money and so on. And we were also very pleased that uh, Blast Trooper went as well as it did. Um, it was, uh, like I say, a first-time experience for us. Um, we knew basically what to do and how to set it up, but, uh, you know, right. anytime you're in uh, untested waters like that, uh, you're not quite sure what to expect. But it was it was a great big hit. They had a, a children's section, kid zone at the Emerald City Comic Con, where uh, <laughs> they placed us along with Disney princesses and you know people making shapes out of balloons and that kind of thing. So our blast trooper was couldn't be more perfectly placed, and uh, it was it just it just went over fantastic. And now we're brainstorming ideas for next year. That's terrific. I'm glad to hear that Blast the Trooper is still a great event because I know that's a lot of fun for kids and sometimes adults as well. Um, and so so I was looking at your Facebook page here, uh, facebook.com slash Garrison Titan. And it, yeah, I saw here that you guys had beat your, uh, you know, your goal from last year of 7,500 or so. And then your final tally for this year was $11,049.39, which is fantastic. So, so the whole idea now these were all just photo ops for the most part aside from blaster trooper right so it was people would pose in these uh these backdrops and whatnot get their photos taken and make a donation to charity precisely yeah we had a uh little table in the front um where people could uh, make their donation and then um, we set up the line so that they could cycle through each of the three individual movie sets and uh, right. it uh, worked very smoothly no, it's great. I, I'm glad to hear uh, Garrison's doing things like this. And, and for those Garrison departure for us uh, because it was the first time that we have done this at the con without printing the photos. Um, we made a kind of a, a final decision along about Christmas time that we would uh, just invite people to download from uh, Facebook or to take as many pictures as they like with their cell phones and. We didn't right. limit people at all in how many pictures they could take, but we just altogether phased out the notion of uh, printing out pictures for them. Right. I think that's terrific. Uh, you know, I've had some success myself here in uh, SoCal with doing uh, photo photo booths like that with a backdrop, and we have people that will donate an amount of money. We let them take as many photos as they want with their camera. We take a nice professional photo and, you know, sort of watermark it up and give them a, a link to say, you know, here's where you can download it within, you know, 24 to 48 hours, that kind of thing. And it seems to work really well. So I'm really glad to see it taking off. But, man, you guys went above and beyond with these sets. The, the photos I'm looking at right now on Facebook are, are, are just downright amazing. So uh, congratulations to you and the garrison for a job really well done. That's fantastic. 
Well, thanks very much. And also, I realize I neglected to mention I should give a very big shout out to our local Rebel Legion detachment or contingent, I should say, our local Rebel Legion contingent, and that would be Alpha Base. Uh, many, many, many members of Alpha Base uh, as Jedi and, and the various heroes were huge, huge uh, uh, participants involved with this uh, with this adventure. So, so, it's, so it's really important that they be mentioned also. I think that's terrific. I personally can't say enough about the Rebel Legion and the relationships that we have with them here as well. And I see some horrible photos of Vader and Princess Leia hugging. And, oh, wow, what's going on there? So, yeah, it looks like you guys had a had a great time. So thanks for spending a, a little bit of time with us on the 501st cast. Again, that's Matthew from Garrison Titan. And this was their fundraising event where they raised over $11,000 uh, for charity. Job well done. Thank you. We'll have a link to the Professional Photographers page in our show notes. Our Empire City Garrison visited the South Huntington Library for a Star Wars-themed afternoon on Saturday, March 29th. Chris, TK6744, and John, TK11249, and Ron, SL5928 from Empire City Garrison, appeared, and they were joined by Dan, DZ10217 from Northeast Remnant Garrison. The event featured Jedi training, games, story time, arts, crafts, and snacks. Of course, you got to have snacks. They managed to escape relatively intact from the Jedi Padawans and their pool noodle lightsabers. And overall, they had a great time visiting the kids and adults in the library and posing for photos. The librarian organized the event very well. It was spread out between a large game room and a separate craft room. Special thanks to Squire Vicky for helping with the setup, guiding troops around, and taking some great photos, which we'll link to in our show notes. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. Costa Rica Outpost members celebrated their 7th anniversary the 501st way, by trooping, of course. The town of Naranjo, located about 40 kilometers from Costa Rica's capital, San Jose, had their mayor's office put out a call to help to the 501st and Rebel Legions to appear at the special fundraiser they were organizing for Naranjo's Palliative Care Association. The Legions, of course, gladly attended. The troops posed in a photo booth and were able to raise 30,000 colognes, which is about $55 U.S., in about two hours. We'll have a link to a photo from the event in our show notes, and thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report. For a second, I thought you said they raised 30,000 clones. <laughs> that was uh, 30, clones. That's nothing. We had a million clones when I was in office. Well, now we have a million 30,000. <laughs> 30,000. I was going to say, they wouldn't be the Costa Rica outposts anymore. They'd definitely be able to get no, status by No, then. that's certainly true. <laughs> They'd be able to take over the world. <laughs> well, Star Wars Weekends was... Uh, March 29th and 30th at Legoland in California, and uh, Southern California Garrison had a huge number of characters out for the two-day event. We had characters there uh, all the way through from open to close of the park each day, uh, characters interacting with all of the attendees in the park, uh, Darth Vader, Boba Fett, and other costume characters were taking photos uh, with the kids. Uh, it was just another fantastic weekend with Legoland and with everything they do. So uh, we'll have a lot of uh, photos posted up, or a link to the photos anyway, uh, in the show notes. 
Uh, do they have any kind of special Lego displays they do just for um, Star Wars weekend, or is it just the normal Star Wars displays they, that are already there? Yeah, it's really just the normal displays. I mean, last year they had the uh, Lego X-Wing fighter, uh, which has moved on to another location. But, you know, they've got some great displays they did about three, four years ago with the Star Wars scene. So they've got stuff from the Clone Wars. They've got stuff from the original movies. Uh, They did some busts of all the main characters that are Lego busts uh, on one of the walkways. So if you haven't seen them, it's really quite fantastic to go in and see Uh, all the Star Wars Legos, but again, even for myself, when I go there, just looking at how many Legos it takes to make anything that's in that park is pretty amazing stuff. Cool. Well, we had two troopers from Bast Alpha Garrison, Earl, TK2926, and John, TD19750, plus Earl's daughter as a young Princess Leia. They all participated in the fourth annual Autism Awareness Walk and Family Fun Day in Mandeville, Louisiana on April 5th. Though there were only two troopers and a rogue princess, they proved that even a small team can make a difference and bring smiles and joy to everyone there. We'll have a link to photos from the day in our show notes. Thanks to Earl, TK2926, for that report. Our Mexican garrison also trooped an autism walk recently in Mexico City, and we'll try to get a couple photos from that day linked in our show notes as well. Redback Garrison trooped at the annual Supernova Convention in Queensland, Australia on April 5th and 6th. And here's an on-the-floor report from Aaron, TK3989, also known as Buzzard. Hi guys, this is Buzzard from the Redback Garrison in Queensland, Australia. Over the weekend of the 5th and 6th of April, the Redbacks manned a booth at the Supernova Pop Culture Expo on the Gold Coast to raise money for the Smart Pups. I spoke with several troopers throughout the weekend and here's what they had to say. I'm here now with uh, one of our garrison members, Creative. Uh, Creative, how have you found the uh, Supernova Troop so far? Uh, very busy, exciting. We've raised a fair bit of money today for Smart Pups. Awesome. And is there anything uh, during the day that's particularly stood out to you? Uh, I guess the uh, Star Wars booth. We've had a lot of people come into the uh, photo booth. That's been a lot of fun. I was in there for a fair while. And you are back tomorrow to do it all again? I am back tomorrow. Looking forward to doing the parade as well in the morning. Thank you very much for your time, Creative. It's fine. Thank you. And now I'm standing here with Beanie. Beanie, how are you finding the Supernova weekend? Oh, it's been an uh, awesome weekend. It's exciting. Uh, just the troopers are doing an awesome uh, job. Uh, crowds, they're big. They're, uh, they're exciting. Some colourful characters out there, and they're all enjoying uh, seeing us on our stands. All right, well, thanks for your time, Benny. No problem. You guys have a great day. So I'm standing here with Ella from Smart Pups. Ella, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Smart Pups do? All right, so we basically train dogs for special needs children with autism, epilepsy and mobility issues, such as cerebral palsy, children in wheelchairs. And, um, yeah, we're a non-government-funded organisation, so we rely solely on donations, sponsorships, fundraising and um, it's been great here today at, uh, with the Redback Garrison. They are an amazing group of people and they support us so much and we're so thankful for everything they've done. Um, and yeah, we're just this, this is the way we can get more dogs out to families in need. We've got such a big waiting list of, of children that um, are desperate for, for our 
our dogs and um, the only way we can get them out there is to continue to fundraise the money to, to get more dogs trained up and get them out to the families in need and, and yeah. yeah. We've placed about 24 dogs so far and um, we've got about oh, 18 dogs still in training so yeah it's amazing we've done um, we've done a, done a great great job over the last few years and, and um, we hope to place a lot more dogs in the, in the years to come and all this funding and, and um, donations help so much so yeah well thanks very much for your time Ellie we appreciate no that and we're really happy to be able to um, help fundraise for you yeah thank you we appreciate everything so yeah we, we, we look forward to next time Standing here with Garrison member Jim Cricket. Jim, how are you finding the weekend? Uh, busy as usual. So surprised I've still got most of my voice, to tell you the truth. I suppose you can still hear me. <laughs> yeah, you've been spruiking here on the photo booth? Yeah, I've been doing that for a little bit now as well. The crowds have been really good today, actually. Uh, just a lot of people who are really interested in, in oh, just in Star Wars, just in general, actually, coming out asking us questions. We'll probably have a few new members by the end of this. And, of course, the donations we've got so far have been absolutely brilliant. All right, well, thanks very much for your time, Jim. Uh, not a problem. I'll get back to it now. <laughs> So now I'm standing here with Jay Gill. Jay Gill is the GEM for the uh, Supernova trip. So uh, how has it gone for the uh, past two days, Jay Gill? Hey, Buzzard. Look, it has been a mammoth two days. The crowds have been fantastic. We have happy troopers. We have happy people. We've got donation buckets overflowing. I couldn't have wished for a better weekend. Yeah, that's awesome. And we've done well for the Smart Pops too, I believe. We have. They are so thrilled with the charity funds that we can raise for them. We had the dogs here both yesterday and today. They are an absolute crowd favourite. And um, we're just pleased that we can make a difference for those kids that need those assistance dogs. That's absolutely awesome. All right, well, thanks very much, Jago. No problem at all, Buzzard. I'm uh, now standing here with our CEO, Kev Vader. Kev, how's the weekend going down? The weekend is going down quite well. Uh, everything's come together very nicely, thanks to Janelle and Cameron, and uh, everyone seems to be having a good time. Yeah, it's been very busy. There's been a lot of people going through the booth, um, so I'd say it's been fairly successful. Yes, very hectic in, at some points, and uh, we've also had uh, a lot of help from the Rebel Legion and Mando Mercs, so um, keeping it all mixed up and, and keeping the people moving through the booths and keeping the money flowing for Smart Pups. Absolutely awesome. Now, has there been a particular fanboy moment for yourself over the weekend? Uh, the best fanboy moment, I, I went and met, met Peter Mayhew, and that was pretty good. But the uh, the best fanboy moment so far was all the clones shouting out, Dad, Dad, to Tamura Morrison. And then he came over and got a photo with them all, and that was pretty cool. Well, thanks very much for your time, Kev. You're welcome. <laughs> and a huge thank you goes out to all of the members of the Redback Garrison. Thanks to your hard work and dedication, we raised a total of $4,875 for Smart Pups. To find out more about the Smart Pups, you can go to their website at www.smartpups.org.au. This is Buzzard, TK3989, signing off. And we'll have a link to learn more about Smart Pups in our show notes as well. We'll also have a link to Troopers playing Queen's We Will Rock You on the Rock Band stage. Ladies and gentlemen, the Empire has invaded the stage here at Supernova. This one's by a little band called Queen. You may have heard of them before. This one is called We Will Rock Your Big Round of Applause for the Fireball Forest. As we mentioned in the last episode, our Pacific Outpost appeared at Kauai Con in Honolulu from April 4th to the 6th. There were nine troopers, three recruits, four Sith cheerleaders, 
who helped quite a bit in the blaster range, and one member from the Galactic Academy. Thanks to all their hard work, the convention patrons uh, who played Blaster Trooper at the 501st booth raised more than $1,500 for Shriners Hospitals. Thanks to Euron, TK80866, for that report. Oh, and a nice thing that happened at the con. A fan approached the booth on Saturday with a clone helmet that he purchased a little earlier in the day. He gave it to them and told them to give it to a deserving child. It ended up going to a little girl about four years old that kept coming back and was super interested in visiting with the 501st. Needless to say, she was super surprised with the gift of that bucket. How cool. That is nice. Well, earlier this month, members from our Hong Kong garrison attended the 38th Hong Kong International Film Festival to lend their support to the premiere of Aberdeen, which is the first Chinese film that is officially authorized by Lucasfilm to use Star Wars elements in the movie. Now, some movies include what we'd call Easter eggs of Star Wars elements, like if you caught the cameo of Han, Chewie, and Lando in the Lego movie. But this film's main character is a huge Star Wars fan, and the actor actually in real life, as well as the character that he plays. And he has a friend who owns a Star Wars store, and they ease their troubles by using Star Wars illusions and apply them to their real-life situation. So there's really... A, a big Star Wars element to this. Um, our Hong Kong garrison was actually honored to be able to interview Mr. Pang Ho Chung, who is the producer, screenwriter, and director of Aberdeen. And he shared details of the production and feelings about Star Wars. And we'll have a link to that in our show notes so that you can check it out, as well as some photos from the film festival. And thanks to ManCam TK2328 for that report. So for those uh, listeners to the podcast, I'm going to say the next name, and I want to see how many people know who this man is. Alan Ladd Jr. If you know who that is, raise your hand. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Alan Ladd Jr. was the man who was solely responsible for giving the green light to the making of Star Wars A New Hope back in 1977, while he was the president of Fox. Star Wars and Aliens were a couple of the classics during his tenure there. Uh, In 79, he left his position and found his own production company, The Lad Company. He produced comedies like Night Shift and Police Academy, Oscar winners, The Right Stuff, uh, and Best Picture, Chariots of Fire. Uh, The company also produced the cult classic Blade Runner. In 85, he joined MGM UA, eventually becoming chairman and CEO of Path Entertainment, and enjoyed hits like The Fish Called Wanda, Moonstruck, and Thelma and Louise. And in 93, Ladd reformed the Ladd Company with Paramount Pictures, where he produced the Best Picture winner, Braveheart. So we had a chance recently to meet with him in his L.A. offices and talk a little bit about Star Wars, George Lucas, and a new documentary that's being made about his life by his daughter, Amanda. So take a listen. Well, before I even start the thing rolling, I just want to tell you what a, an honor it is for us to sit here and, and oh, thank have you, you take Certainly. the time with us. No, I appreciate so, it. So uh, we're big fans of, obviously, Star Wars, but just of so many things that you've done. Oh, thank So you. I just can't tell you how, how uh, I mean, I actually feel a little giddy right now. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to let you know how, how honored we are to be here today. Well, thank and, you. Uh, thank you so be. much for taking the time. To uh, just you well, know, I appreciate chat with us everything you're doing. Thank you, thank you. So um, when I was when I was first talking with uh, Amanda, uh, your daughter, and we had talked about uh, you know coming to do an interview with you, and um, uh, she had told me that you know you didn't really know much about the 501st Legion, 
which oh, is a group very, very little. right which is a group that we belong to and the fact that that there are over 6000 uh people throughout the US and the world that dress up on a regular basis in Star Wars costumes oh my god what is what do you Amazing. think about the fact that this is this is going on today and and that's it's, just us it's staggering that it's Continue to go on this long. It is, it's, 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 uh, right. I mean, I mean, I, I just start out making a movie and saying yes to a movie I didn't know was going to be this, you know, the 20, 40 years later that would still be. I think that's the shock that so many people think too is like, look at this film. Cause I can't think of anything when I think about so many other films, there's nothing that comes to my mind that is the same kind of phenomenon oh, no, that isn't. Star Wars has become. No, there isn't. It, 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 it staggers the mind. And when I think about the fandom, I mean, you know, there are other um, um, fan groups that, you know, Star Trek and different ones that are out there. But, you know, they've had series on TV and they've been doing conventions for years. And, and Star Wars, I mean, it was just, you know, three films back in the 70s and 80s before the, the newer right. ones came out. And for this to have come on for so long or, or stayed around for so long is is mind-blowing to me, yeah. that there's yeah, such really. a love. And it continues for every generation. It's amazing. Isn't it? You it know? truly is amazing to me yeah. that uh, well, it's continued like this. I mean, uh, George has kept it alive. I mean, I, I have well, had nothing to do with it. It's all been George's right. mind that keeps this stuff alive. I mean, there's so more toys this year, I heard. They did the previous year. The, I mean. That was funny because one of the things I had read uh, in another interview I saw uh, was when you were talking with him I, or when he was negotiating his contract, I guess, one of the things he said is that he wanted to have the rights to all the merchandising or, or something like that. You know, yeah, toys. sure. I mean, and I guess at the time that was like a big, oh, whatever, who, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is that uh, the most it ever, ever had been ever merchandise for yeah. films was maybe Jaws had t-shirts with sharks on them, something like that. Right. Uh, but nothing had ever been, you know, yeah. not toys. There was no toys that had ever been made from uh, any films at that point in time. No. So it was... I think it was, I, I'm not sure if it was Star Wars, but I think, I feel like it was around the same time. It was the first time ever that you would go to like a uh, Taco Bell or McDonald's, and suddenly there were Star Wars cups, yeah. you know, and glasses, collectible glasses that you I could know. take home with the Happy Meal. And I was like, that is the most amazing thing in the world, and that it continues today, and that there are so many Star Wars toys. Well, I, I think to myself, you know, I mean, Star Wars toys I had throughout. <laughs> <laughs> we all think I mean, the same thing. Yes. We're like, I can't believe George, I had that. I just don't need this crap anymore. Take it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had only known, I would have saved right? everything I had. <laughs> Trust me. Tossing I, it out. There's, a, I think, a lot of people that are our age and stuff that are crying about the, all the things they threw away that they had as kids. Yeah, I, you I, know, I heard and, today that. There, there was some doll that was a Princess Leia doll. Oh, that really wasn't. Uh, there were just a few of them made because it wasn't quite right. I don't know what's wrong with Funny. it, but it was. So uh, somebody who was a collector real, right. realized this, and he went into uh, George at one of his parties, and he. Uh, Allowed everybody to just sort of take whatever they wanted. Everybody right. took toys. Oh no. Whatever they could carry. Right. And these uh, 
got to where they were, realized that there was something wrong with the Leia doll, <laughs> and they sussed that out. Right. And took all the Leia dolls, <laughs> and they sold them for $5,000 a piece. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. uh... Yeah, some of that I stuff... I just heard that t today. I didn't even know about that. Completely amazing. And I just thought it was extraordinary. Um, yeah. I... <clears throat> I kind of jumped into the Star Wars stuff right away, but uh, and I'm you know I'm sure that people ask you a lot of questions, but I'm just curious for for our group and for the people that will be listening to our our five uh, first cast. Is there any one particular thing that got you into the movie business? Was there some? I mean, I obviously I know about your father, Alan Ladd, and I, you know. I think that was a big part of why I got in the movie business. Just being around him being growing around up. around him growing up. And yeah. Being around people in the film business growing up. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Got me interested in it. And I always felt from the start that I was going to be in the film business. I mean, I thought I was going to be, I tried to be a, an editor. Right. I couldn't get in the guild. Oh. I tried to be an assistant director. I couldn't get in the guild. Interesting. At that time, there was a very closed shop, you know, they right. have to be a relative of the uh, first cameraman or a director or something like that. And I, I couldn't get in those jobs. Wow. And uh, therefore, I ended up producing some movies in London, and then I came back to Fox. And, right. And it all started that started stuff. <laughs> do you, outside of, obviously, Star Wars for us, but do you have a favorite film? Uh, no, I don't really. I mean, each, each film is its own individual. It's like, do you have a favorite yeah. child? No. I, I know, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you off camera, quiet. Outside of Amanda. Outside of Amanda. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, I was curious because, you know, there's a lot of people that are in the industry, and, and and it's interesting because some people definitely have a very, like, oh, gosh, my favorite, you know, I love this industry, but I have this favorite movie or favorite actor or favorite character. You know, I was just curious if there was anything like that for you or if you just really enjoy, I mean, like you said, every film has its Every merit, film so. is like its own baby, you know. It's, yeah. uh, it, it, it comes out of the womb and you take care of it and you right. nurse it as best you can. And right. And it goes out to meet the public and they'll tell you whether it's good or it's bad. Exactly. There it goes. Exactly. We uh, you know, never really have time to sit back and and uh, count your, your blessings or... Right. Well, I guess sometimes you're on to the next thing too. But it's the always time, on to the next thing. It's, uh, right. You have no time to sit back and say, "Well, right, wasn't it wonderful how Star Wars took off like it did?" And right. You don't have time to think about that because something else is coming down the chute the next day. You know? Sure. Yeah. Don't you worry about that. Right. It was like, oh yeah, it looks like it's doing okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let's see. I had another little question here. Um, I've, I've also heard, uh, uh, in the past that with your, your sort of decision to green light, I guess, Star Wars was heavily just based on George Lucas seeing his previous work, like American Graffiti yes. and not really looking at the script so much, but just saying, I think you're going to do a great job. Let's make this movie. 
Well, George told it very intelligently to me. He, he I mean, I've, I've always been a movie nut, and uh, he explained things in movie terms. Mm. Uh, the white lightsaber fights will be like the uh, Robin Hood sequence. Uh, oh. Path of Raz- Rathbone and uh, right. Earl Flynn. And, uh, the, this, the... Uh, the ending will be like Dam Busters where going down the tunnel and, right. you know, and all this stuff. If he had told me the technological things that he was going to do, I would have said, whoa, I mean, I mean, I don't understand what you're talking about. You're talking Chinese as far as I can understand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because of the way he explained it to me, movies, uh, I, I love movies, and I right. mean, I'd seen all the movies, so I mean, right. when he was telling me this is going to be like Dab Busters, and right. this is the way the... Very uh, visual for you. To it was very things. visual for me to see exactly how it would, would work. Yeah, that's very smart. And uh, yeah. I understood that, and uh, so, I mean, it wasn't really a big problem for me, because I understood what he was talking about. Right. Did you actually read the script all the way through or read the script to help dis- determine that it was going to be uh, I made? Did, or? I didn't have a script until uh, uh, just before we started. I had read several scripts gotcha. along the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kept making changes all the time. And, and uh, many I didn't even read of the drafts he didn't read. And, right, uh, right. And he wrote them and just threw them away, I guess. Yeah. I never saw them. I mean, yeah. Uh, it was, the very, very original thought would uh, be uh, Redford would play uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, Lee Marvin would play... Uh, the villain, you know. I mean, oh, right. It was right. something like that. I yeah, mean, yeah. As far as I can remember. Uh, and then eventually became Harrison Ford and right. Mark Hamill and Carrie. That's and, crazy. I love to hear those stories about kind of, the, you know, who was, who, who were the people that were in the thought process, you know, when well, thinking about Well, they went in another direction. They sure. Had, uh, uh, he was going to do it with all midgets, which he eventually did with Willow. I oh, mean, right, he right. That, but that yeah. picture is over. He originally was going to make it with little people, and, and right. uh, then he was going to make it with Mufumi, uh, and that. Wow. <laughs> Some pretty wild ideas, and then the, the thing is that uh, uh, I heard today a story, I mean, you're still hearing stories about Star Wars. You know, you think that people would be talking about American Hustle and, and that kind of stuff. They're still talking about Star Wars. Right. And even today. Right. I mean, just a lunch today, we was having lunch with a uh, with a fellow who, who was not involved with Star Wars at all, except it was an audience. Yeah. And uh, he, he saw it in French the first time he ever saw it, and uh, because he lived in France yeah. that, during that time. His yeah. father was in the film business. And he was in publicity in France at the time. Uh, yeah. 
and he started talking about Star Wars today, and he was saying that, uh, well, uh, he had heard this, and he told me the story that he had heard, and I said, that's not true at all. <laughs> uh, that some guy had, but he had seen somebody, he was, he was diving for, uh, he was a diver, I guess, and then he, he was doubting, and he, and noise came out, and George heard that, and he said, ah, that's the voice I want to hear, which was not true at all. Uh, the, the truth of the matter was Orson Welles, he wanted was his first uh, Darth Vader, and uh, Orson Welles, something happened with the problem, and he couldn't get him, and he as well, because Orson Welles passed away soon after that. Right. The first one was made, and uh, he got and he got James Earl Jones, who had a magnificent voice, who was perfect for the role. Yeah, and uh, and that stopped all the discussion too about you had no African Americans in your right. film at all. Sure, and uh, quite a bit was made of that. Right. Hence Billy D. Williams after that. Right, right. Uh, but uh, that was a bone of contention that was yeah. that was made. Uh, yeah. Interesting. I um. I I don't know if I've actually heard the thing about Orson Welles being selected for a possible Vader voice, and that actually is an interesting, you know, to my ear that what that voice could have been like if it, if it had been him. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, you just can't pass up James Earl Jones. I mean, no, that just was the perfect voice for that character, He's that costume. Perfect for, perfect for Yeah. We were talking earlier, uh, before you came in, and we were saying that, you know, I had actually just read a, an interview, I think you'd done it in another magazine recently, and they were talking about, um, at the time when you were at Fox, that the way decisions were made, you know, it was pretty much that you would make the decision, or it would be you and a couple of people. Yeah. And it was much easier then. It wasn't so much by committee or, you know, having these large corporations like no. they do today. Uh, it was just very easy to kind of go, yeah, let's make this movie. And I guess my question is to you is, do you think that Star Wars would have happened if it were like that then? If it were a committee decision? If it were a committee decision, it would never have happened, no. Yeah. I feel like it was just such a perfect storm of the timing. That that the, it was, know, yeah. it, that the film industry was at that point where that kind of decision making was still being made. That there were a lot of sci-fi movies coming out, good and bad. You know that that were there, and a lot of them I think were a little darker and more cynical. And this was sort of a nice, uplifting, good versus evil. You know, uh, 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 story. Um, and it just, it, and even of the time, the, the special effects, you know, there was nothing like what we saw in Star Wars no. when it came out. And so now you see all these films that compete for trying to outdo each other with special effects. And I think that it was, it was just such an amazing time that, that, that it was so lucky to have you, to have George who came up with it and, and everything that happened all in a nutshell like that to make that movie happen. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, again, I just, I'm dumbfounded that Star Wars is still as popular as it is, you know, 35 or how many years it is later. Yeah. You know, well, right, it's getting on 40 now. Um, oh, this is funny. I was just thinking to myself the other day, 
Do you do you at all wish you had anything to do with the you know you've heard about the the new Star Wars that'll come out next year like December of next year? Right. Is there any part of you that feels like oh I wish I had something to do with that? Uh no, not really. Uh, I think it's a wise decision to use JJ as person to uh, to carry on the uh, yeah. Star Wars tour, although George has not walked away from it by any means. Oh. I, I, I don't, I haven't talked talk to George since, since the Walt Disney deal. So right, since they've changed over. Yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly how. Yeah. Uh, but just knowing George, I know that uh, he didn't just say, well, here it is, guys. I'm stepping away and goodbye. And right. I, mean, I I can't imagine that happening either. I'm sure that there must be some creative, no, you know, no. assistance or something that he'll oh, be lending yeah. for sure. So I mean, the, the Empire Strikes Back. I mean, I mean George didn't direct it. Kirshner did, but Kirshner right. followed the storyboards that George made. Right. Right. So I mean, you right. know. Well, and that's always the great debate, I guess, between you know real Star Wars fans is that if. Uh, the stories are by far some of the most amazing things we've seen on the screen, but whether or not George should have directed all of them or not, you know, that's the debate that we always hear all the time. Everyone loves Empire Strikes Back. Irving Kirshner directed it. You know, the the uh, the first three, which are now the newest films, episodes one, two, and three, um, while they did well, they didn't do as well to some fans, but I don't know, I guess, you know, for people that didn't grow up with the original Star Wars, they still love those films. I mean, they're still, and again, that's part of why we're still talking about Star right. Wars 40 years later. Yeah. You know? I just jumped it up to 40 years in the conversation to just <laughs> round it up. Lanny, <laughs> was there ever a point during the making of, of Star Wars with George, did you ever at any point lose faith in that project? Uh, I... Uh... I was nervous at a point after the first rushes I saw, which was the last sequence of the movie, which was shot one of the first, very first things that right. I ever saw. And uh, there was no effects to see, nothing of that. Uh, and George's wife at the time, uh, I was again because I had a film there. She was in Kansas. She had a film there, The uh, Taxi Driver, which she had been the editor on. Mm. And Marcia said, You're, you seem to be worried. But she said, don't worry. She said, George knows exactly what he's doing. Which, hearing that, I just relaxed. just went with the flow. Right. From that point on. And, and uh, not that Marsha Ted said something so intelligent. It was just that she had this confidence in George that I figured, well, if she has the confidence. I must have. I have to go along with the confidence that she has, and I'll right. go with it. So right. I just went with the uh, ride. And, uh, Best decision ever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the budget kept creeping up and creeping up, but uh, right. And now it's a very low budget movie. Uh, in comparison, right? Oh yeah. I certainly. mean, to to what they do, um, what they do these days. I know that the the films back then. 
I mean, although that at the time was fairly expensive, wasn't it? It wasn't it twenty, thirty million? No, something ten, or ten five, ten oh, and a half. Oh, was it only that? Yeah. See, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of many. <laughs> there are people that would quote things from you know every bit of. Uh, you know, the contracts and oh, things yeah. that George signed. I'm like, I know that there, must, oh, there was a contract. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, he was, I don't know if he ever signed the contract. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah, it was probably just verbal back then. <laughs> Let me see if I had any more Star Wars-related questions, just because it's so fun to ask them of you. Um, I don't know if there's anything really more Star Wars-related. I had a couple more questions for you. I'm just out of curiosity's sake. Um, when I first met Amanda at Comic-Con last year, and she found out all about the 501st and, you know, what we do, and she told us that she was making this movie documentary, yes. writing movie, about you, which I personally think is awesome. Uh, but then, again, you know, we're big fans for a lot of reasons. Um, so my, my, I have a couple of questions. My first question is, how does it, how does it feel to have your daughter making a movie about your life? Well, I mean, nobody else could do it any better, I don't think. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> she certainly knows me the best. Of course. And, uh, yeah. Does it seem uh, awkward at any time? or no, you know, most Yeah, no. that's good. Um, if you were to look back on your life and career with everything that's gone on, is, the, is there... What are you the most proud of? Is there any one sort of time or anything that you could say you're the most proud of? No, I can't really think of a, a particular time. Uh, I mean, I just feel I've been very, very lucky to have had the success that I've been able to have. and Right. I'm very happy with that. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that you've done, so... Given everything, you know, you have been very successful, and I think a lot of people would recognize that, and a lot of people would be jealous of that in some way, too. Is there anything that you would have done differently at any time? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I've had a, a wonderful life, and I, I can't complain. I've uh, met royalty. I've met uh, right. most of, uh, of the stars. I've been very fortunate that... Uh, my father was an actor, and, uh, and because of that, I mean, I met many of the old-time legends, uh, stars, and you see on television all the time now, and and uh, and then with with being an agent and and being a producer, I've been able to meet the uh, the now people. Uh, I don't, uh, I can't really say I, I don't know uh, right. the happening people of today, but I mean, I did up until now Yeah. know the people. Sure. So I've just been very, very lucky with the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I speak for myself, but I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that, that with all of the things that you've done, and not just speaking of Star Wars, that you have touched so many people's lives without maybe even realizing um, how much it affected them. Uh, and again, it, it for us, it is such a, a huge deal to sit here and be able to, to speak with you, you know, and, and, and have a few minutes of your time to talk with you about you and about Star Wars and everything. So again, uh, thank you so much. 
It's, it's, oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So you can learn more about the documentary Laddie by visiting laddiemovie.com, and you can be part of the movie by helping to fund their Kickstarter campaign to see the movie all the way through to its completion. So you can go to Kickstarter and search for Laddie, and of course we'll have a link to uh, the actual Kickstarter campaign in our show notes. One of the most amazing things that I wanted to mention we were able to do as well is it was kind of a little surprise, but... I found out when I was talking to uh, his daughter, Amanda, that Alan Ladd Jr. was not an honorary member of the 501st Legion. So, of course, we jumped through some hoops and made things happen, and I'm proud to say that he was inducted as an honorary member of the 501st Legion officially uh, during that interview. Excellent. I'm glad that was able to take place. Yeah, me too. And he was a really, uh, really nice guy to talk to. It It was a great time. This is Admiral Wilhoff Talk and asking you to listen to the 501st cast. Otherwise, we'll steer the Death Star in your direction. On Saturday, June 14th, Oscar-winning composer John Williams and legendary director Steven Spielberg will join the Detroit Symphony Orchestra for a one-night-only gala benefit concert for the orchestra. Tickets to the special concert appearance will be available starting April 14th at 9 a.m. Both artists are donating their services for this extraordinary event. Courtesy of our Great Lakes Garrison, Darth Vader and his finest stormtroopers will be in the ticket sale line to keep things under control. Be prepared, they'll need to see your identification. Princess Leia from Great Lakes Base will be there as well. There's a rumor she's bringing a certain blue astromech droid with her in case of any unforeseen ticket machine malfunctions. We'll have a link in our show notes for more information about this amazing benefit concert. Makes me want to buy a ticket to Detroit. <laughs> I know. I just, I just went. Yeah, right. Just went and looked on the site. I'm like, I wonder how much these tickets are. Um, but really, it's not too bad. Thirty to two hundred and fifty dollars. So, oh, you know, if you yeah. get the the nosebleed seats or whatever the uh, orchestra term is for them. Yeah, I've paid more to see less famous people. <laughs> if you're in Detroit that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Dang it. Not. <laughs> yeah. It is drivable for me, but yeah. it's a bit of a drive. WonderCon is the next big event out here, April uh, 18th, 19th, and 20th. That does happen to be Easter weekend, but it's always uh, a really great con to attend. So, of course, the 501st Legion will be there in full force. Uh, and I know we have members not only from the Southern California Garrison, but we typically get some guys from the Golden Gate Garrison and the Central California Garrison and you know a few other areas. Uh, which is always nice, and we'll be having a, a regular uh, uh, con dinner uh, on the Saturday night as well. Uh, we are looking to do a, a photo fundraiser, uh, so we'll be bringing in the Death Star wall as one of our uh, backdrops. We also have uh, one of those Hasbro black box costuming uh, displays that's been created, so we'll have that there for uh, attendees to get their photos taken as a you know character in the black box, so to speak. Uh, it should be really a, a fantastic weekend. I know I saw on uh, Katie Cook's Facebook page, I think she was going out there. 
I don't know what other uh, honorary members. Uh, looks like Tommy Lee Edwards, another artist that's an honorary member, is going to be there. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you know, I haven't looked to see uh, if some of the usual uh, crew might be out that way. We have quite a few Star Wars artists that uh, are honorary members that are artists that show up and things like that. So uh, it's usually a really, really big, uh, really crowded con, so it should be a lot of fun. Oh, Jim Lee is going to be there. He is pretty cool. Jim, Jim Lee? Yeah. I don't know. Has he done Star Wars? I don't remember. Not actually sure. Mm, I don't think so. I know. I have a lot of his... Uh, Uncanny X-Men, that's what I have. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, speaking of, of comics, coming up on Saturday, May 3rd, will be the annual Free Comic Book Day. You can head over to www.freecomicbookday.com to see the comics that will be offered. You can punch in your zip code to see which stores in your city will be participating. And if you'd like to know where your local 501st Legion unit will be, send us an email at eventrequest at 501st.com and we'll let you know. So there's no Star Wars comic this year. I don't think there was one last year either. But there is something called Steam Wars being offered, which sounds vaguely familiar. Here's the description. A not-so-long-ago, in a galaxy relatively close by, began an epic struggle on a world seized in the grip of an evil Victorian empire. Only a ragged alliance of rebels opposed the Emperor and his Black Guard, but hope is fading. While fleeing from the steam-driven war machines of her Imperial pursuers, Duchess Emoin stumbles across the home of the Last Dragoon, the legendary Stormfoil Warriors of ancient lore. This new but strangely familiar steam fantasy epic will give thrills that haven't been felt since 1977. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be fun. I might pick that one up when I go. Actually, yeah. that should. It's always fun to see some of those... Uh, um, steam costumes. <laughs> <laughs> so then coming up the next day after Free Comic Book Day will be, of course, May the 4th. Which is the biggest fan-made uh, celebratory day, I think, for Star Wars, isn't it? May the 4th be with you. Yep. Yeah, it kind of has, uh, pop culture's kind of taken that and run with it, haven't they? Yep. yep. I know uh I don't know that there's any official events per se, but I know that uh throughout the US there are different things that seem to spring up last minute. Lots of Star Wars related uh, you know, activities going on certainly on social media. Um but I know there are uh, you know, people like Nerdist and things usually come up with something kind of fun for uh, May the 4th as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Yeah, I think Do you guys have anything I was saying not even um the US there's also I know we got in some requests from Disney for a series of events that's going to be in Australia. So they're going to have some right. fun, too. Yep, they're doing stuff like and, – and we're we're doing an event at, like, Children's Hospital for Los Angeles that day for May the 4th. So, again, I think, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And who knows? Some last-minute fun things could really just uh, show up. Yep, should be cool. Well, this just in. So we don't have too much information about this yet, but our Spanish garrison released a promo video today, April 8th, for a new Star Wars exhibition called The Galaxy in the Castle, and it's coming to Santa Barbara Castle in Alicante. It will feature the 35-year collection of 501st Legion member Gabby TI-3505, considered one of the largest in Europe. 
The video is actually really cool. The Empire's Finest Invade Alicante itself. So be sure to check it out via the link in our show notes or on the Spanish Garrison's Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash 501st Spanish Garrison. Yeah, it was really well put together. I have yet to see it. I will be clicking links momentarily. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and in other breaking news, our our Facebook page, the 501st Legion Facebook page, just hit 170,000 fans. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Nice little milestone. Nicely done, social media team people (laughs) out there. Well, on uh, June 7th, several 501st Legion members will be part of Team Iowa Cosplay at the Special Olympics Plane Pole event. It's going to be at the Des Moines International Airport, and teams will be competing to have the fastest time in pulling a UPS plane 12 feet. So far, Team Captain Chris, TK51102, has assembled 14 of his allowed 20-person team. We'll have a link in our show notes to more information and how you can donate to support Team Iowa Cosplay. I hope the planes are empty. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not quite sure how big a UPS plane is, but it's still a plane. They're I'd imagine that's a that's got to be a pretty big plane, but I mean, yeah, even We've if it is a small plane, plane still. <laughs> exactly. It's filled. Go ahead, pull it 12 feet. <laughs> and in case you missed the recent announcement, Star Wars Reads Day is back. But instead of being the first Saturday of October like previous years, it will actually be the second. So, Saturday, October 11th, 2014. We'll have a link to the announcement on StarWars.com in our show notes. And for more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. Well, it's been over a year since we've heard from the Galactic Academy, and recently Nikki had a chance to catch up with Albin Johnson and William Tatch and talk about the Galactic Academy and where they're at today and some exciting news that's coming up in the near future. So here's a small clip of the interview uh, with the Galactic Academy. And joining us on the 501st cast, we have some members from the Galactic Academy staff. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining me on the 501st cast. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Well, it's been about a year, I think, since we last had a little interview with you guys on the 501st cast. So uh, I think we're going to kind of start from scratch and, you know, go back to the beginning and introduce everyone to what the Galactic Academy is all about. Um, It was founded by Albin Johnson in 2010, and I know I was reading a uh, report that one of the staff members of the Galactic Academy had put together that you guys are already past 800 cadets. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, at first it was a big jump, the novelty of the the group, and then uh, it seemed to steady out as we were hitting some logistical hurdles. And recently, I think probably with uh, the upcoming, uh, you know, cartoon series coming out and celebration around the corner, uh, plus a lot of hard work by our volunteers, we're getting the word out. And uh, also uh, the the fact that we're finally going with regional units is really starting to drive membership. Yeah. So actually, why don't we backtrack again for a second? So Galactic Academy is... Uh, how I usually describe it is like a junior version of the 501st and Rebel Legion, and it is open to anyone who is 17 and under. There's you know members as young as 
Well, wasn't there like a newborn who yes, had joined we, up? We, we had one that was six hours old, so youngest member. <laughs> so all the way from six hours old to, you know, like 17 and a half. Um, yeah. And you can have any type of Star Wars costume whatsoever. Uh, it can be Rebel. It can be Imperial. It can be Mandalorian. It can be your own creation. It can be like the, the six-hour-old baby was just wrapped in a blanket like Luke and Leia. Actually, actually, the dad had that made to be a replica from the movie. Mm-hmm. Just a, so, so he was—he already had this planned. <laughs> well, actually, of course. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so it came. So, so it, it, it was definitely movie accurate. The blanket was. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um. So and those now we've grown up to having 800 cadets in 37 countries around the world, uh, half of those in the U.S., half other areas of the world. Um, so how would, uh, you know, parents, I know a lot of these cadets are, are children of 501st and Rebel Legion Mandalorian Merc uh, members, so they can kind of, uh, they've gotten the word through those groups, but if we have any other listeners who, you know, don't have any ties to any of the costuming groups, how could they get their children involved? Wow, that's a great question. So if there are Star Wars fans, whether they're costumers or not costumers, um, and they're wanting their kids to get involved, um, if they are costumers, it's it's fairly simple. The, the synergy is starting to really build up between the 501st Mando Mercs, Rebel Legion, and the Galactic Academy. Uh, more and more people are serving as liaisons so that the kids will have you know, some support, logistical support, mentoring, from the, uh, the the regional units in the 501st Rebel Legion Mando Mercs. But for kids uh, that you know whose parents aren't costumers, they're just Star Wars fans, or maybe they're not Star Wars fans, but those crazy kids just can't be denied the, the passion of, of being a part of something like that. Um, it's as simple as going to the Galactic Academy website and finding out uh, what regional unit uh, they may or may not be in. I think we're covering a good chunk of real estate in the world now, it's only going to get more uh, comprehensive in terms of our coverage. And then, you know, just email us. Uh, no one should be afraid to say, hey, uh, you know, little Johnny or Susie really wants to get involved, and I don't know what to do. They've just got the itch, and maybe I'm not into Star Wars or, or what. I've never done costuming. It just seems weird. It's fa- I found it funny, even in the Final First in the last 17 years, you can have the most hardcore Star Wars fans. But costuming, for whatever reason, is like this invisible wall that they just can't get through because it, it just to them seems like it, it, they're either taking it too far or it's some capacity of fandom that they haven't really exercised. So a lot of times people who don't have a lot of um, experience with costuming uh, feel almost as if, you know, the dance is going on, everybody's having a good time, but I don't know how to dance, I'm not going to jump in. It, you're always welcome to jump in. And we really encourage people just email us or or get us on Facebook and, and, and ask, what what can I do to get my kid involved? Well, in my case, and in a couple other people's, actually in several people's cases, is they got their kids in the Galactic Academy, well, right behind, all of a sudden you, you're doing this. My kids were Galactic Academy before I was 501st, and I've met a lot of people that said, I joined the Rebel Legion or 501st after because I saw they, they got in this, it was fun, I started looking to it, and they got into it. So it, it, it kind of, I've seen... Parents uh, in the Rebel Legion, if I will first, their kids come and join, and then I've seen the opposite. The kids are the Galactic Academy, and the parents come behind them. Wow. I guess that kind of segues into what you were talking about earlier um, as far as 
we've the Galactic Academy has started uh, structurizing a little bit more. Um, you know, back when my kids joined, it was just Galactic Academy. That was it. Um, but now their campuses have developed, and you're starting to look into schools. Why don't you explain a little bit about what that structure is all about? The campus um, idea was um, set up as we I, we were approached by uh, well the first country, first person that approached us was the country of Hungary. Um, we were approached by them and well we need a name for it and you know it is a since it's an academy well a campus like college campus was was a fitting name for around the world and so we started the campuses up. Well, some countries like the U.S., which is under the Coruscant campus, well, we're really big, and you know, unfortunately, our CEO can't just cover the entire U.S. So, we started having people, hey, we want to get involved. So we started starting schools, which would be um, our version of a squad, um, and so that way we can, you know, you you have a camp like in larger countries, well, you're going to need to branch into basically squads, um, and you know, and that way it kind of keeps the uh, central control over a country with smaller squads doing things as well. And then when there's a big event, they all get together under their campus banner. And then some countries, it's just the campus only because it's just the size of their country. You can catch the full interview with Nikki and the Galactic Academy in a minicast episode coming up in just the next week or so. And this episode's shout-out goes to Jason Boyd, TD5945 of Carolina Garrison, our 501st Legion Trooper of the Month for January 2014. Jason has done an amazing job this past year as the Carolina Garrison Events Coordinator, often setting up last-minute events with surprising results, including actively seeking out charity events near and far, such as organizing several successful Blast a Trooper events, to raise money for families needing help with hospital bills and other expenses. Very often, the 501st Legion receives requests for birthday party appearances, many of which we are forced to decline for various reasons. As a show of kindness, Jason regularly sends special replies back to the children, along with various Star Wars items. Jason recently received a very touching video reply from one of these children thanking him for his gesture. Runners-up for January 2014 are Mike Fessler, TK9721 from Central Garrison, and Jeremy Horn, TK11972, also of Central Garrison. Congratulations to Jason, Mike, and Jeremy. Keep up the good work in the name of the Empire. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com forward slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st Cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to facebook.com forward slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter at at 501st Legion, or go to twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. 
While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2014, Lucasfilm Limited. In trademark, all rights reserved, used under authorization. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st Cast. All right, everybody, I'm back. I'm ready to do my segment on the podcast thing, whatever it is you're doing here. Where is everybody? What do you mean they left? Everybody left already? The lights are still on. Uh, They're wasting all kinds of power. You think the Death Star generates its own power from those giant power generator thingies? That's to protect the Death Star. That's not for lights. So just be clear on that. Well, I'm working on a new Death Star 3, uh, in case you wanted to know. Won't have any giant ports that any X-Wing fighters or any rebel spacecraft of any size can fly into this time. I've learned my lesson, that's for certainly uh, sure. Uh, Make sure that nothing can fly into it this time, and we're not going to have any reactors out in the open where people can just see them and shoot things at them. They'll be hidden within the Death Star this time, and I think we'll do much better. Now, that said, I don't want you getting any crazy ideas about infiltrating this time, so... Uh, This time I'll make sure Vader's prepared, and if he needs a fist, he can have a fist, you know, whatever that means. I mean, he's only got one hand, I suppose he needs a second one in order to do things the right way, so whatever. Vader's fist, so be it. There'll be a Vader's fist. I guess, I guess I should be going now, so thanks for listening, and uh, catch you next time, perhaps, if you're lucky enough. This is the Emperor, sort of, signing off.